Welcome to Bible Roundtable. My name is Rolf Jacobson, and to my right is Caroline Lewis. And to my right is Matt Skinner. And to my right, David Lewis. Our podcast today is on the question of how is the Bible organized? Caroline, you wrote a response to this question. I did. And I'm kind of curious what prompted you to think about this whole question of organization. Um, because I'm very organized. Well, well, I know you're more organized <laughs> than I am. This wouldn't have been the one I would have chosen. Um, but I'm, I am curious about what kind of uh, you know, teased your imagination to, th- to think about how the Bible got put together. Well, I, you know, it's one of those questions that I think we assume a lot about in terms of, well, the especially I think when it comes to the New Testament that well the Gospels are first because, um, because of the Gospels, and I think there, then there's a lot of assumption well the Gospels were first because they were written first, and when that's not true, and that why is you know why is uh, why are Paul's letters organized, um, why aren't they organized chronologically rather, and, and, and it ends up being length. And I think it was just in part from, uh, from teaching introduction to the Bible, um, in a, in a college setting a few years ago. And I would talk about these questions and there was just sort of this, really, really chronology, really? That's not, that's not a piece of it. And I do think that the way something is organized also shapes the way you read. So that um, that Romans gets you know gets first you know first billing, and to what extent that does shape the way you read the rest of Paul's letters because Romans is such a you know heavyweight epistle, and so um, and so that that question of order, I think, does influence how we how we view certain books in the Bible. So I thought it was kind of. You're kind of a fun question. There's two places where I think that becomes really important as you bring out in the article. Um, one is you get two volumes from Luke, and they get split. Yeah. So yeah. one is kind of grouped with Matthew and Mark, uh, and the other is uh, I, I, I knew I grew up as a in Sunday school, a, having no idea that really that this was the second part of Luke, but rather this was the introduction to Paul. Yeah, that's why Matt and my teacher uh, Beverly Gaventa. Um, always puts a paperclip over John so that she can read Luke X sort of as, one, as a continuous read. Just a page yeah. away. <laughs> the, the other place that struck me too was in the Old Testament where you describe how uh, Christians arrange the Old Testament books in a particular way. Uh, and that's not the way Jews arrange them. Right. In the in the Jewish Bible, because they're making a different theological claim, or Christians are making a different theological claim by having the prophets the at the prophets end. The prophets at the end, yeah, yeah. So that that of course it's looking forward toward uh, toward the New Testament. I th- I think I think in that you know that point it's it's important to um, remember a couple things. One is at the time of Jesus, um, most uh, the 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 Jewish canon is scrolls. It's not put together in a book that's bound. And when you've got a bunch of scrolls, the whole concept of of what's in and out is looser, and the, the concept of an order is way looser. Because you know, if, if there's a pile of scrolls on a table, it's just a different thing to have an order than once you put it and bind it in a book. And Christians were the first ones really to bind uh, the, the biblical books in a book and kind of have an order. And the second thing is to realize that there were many competing Jewish orders at the time of Jesus. Um, the, the lists and what's in and out, and even like within the book of Psalms, 
the order of the Psalms is not fixed. Um, and so whether we shouldn't even talk about a Jewish order and a Christian order, except as way later issues, and not to give people the idea that this had been that this was something that was immediately decided in the year fifty or something. Well, and one of the one of the exercises uh, I have done in in class or even in Bible studies with talking to people about you know introduction of the Bible or introduction of the New Testament or whatever is to say how would you order it and why you know what would your be what would your uh, criteria, major criteria be? Would you, would it be chronological? Well, why would it be chronological? Would you, and, uh, and just to talk about what difference it does make and why would you do it the way you do it? I mean, of course we have Matthew first, um, when now we know that Mark is the oldest gospel. And so, um, that's just kind of a fun question to think about in, in Bible studies or talking with people in parishes as well. How would you, how would you order it? I mean, what, what, what would you, what kind of order would you put there and and see what they have to say about it? I have a practical question. Okay. <laughs> for <laughs> for you. or for everybody? No, for you. Well, anybody can answer it, but first for you. Mm. The, the chronological question, the New Testament has a bit of a chronological logic, right? Jesus came first, then Paul wrote, ends in Revelation. I mean, it's loosely right. a loose logic, right. but it's a, a roughly... A narrative like, chronological. Right. You right. can kind of yeah. get right. from Jesus to end of the a world. Way of telling the story. Right, and find <laughs> your way there. The Old Testament, you cannot. I mean, you can at the beginning with uh, Genesis and onward and into a ways. All of a sudden, when you hit you know the writings or Psalms or whatever, then the prophets, chronology is entirely um, impossible to track unless you are a really good reader or read a whole lot of footnotes or something, in my experience. What does that mean for readers? People who often will sit down and say, I'm going to read the Old Testament now, beginning to end, uh, are sometimes either frustrated by that or don't quite get a sense of the big picture, right? Where do the prophets fit in the history, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, what would you recommend to somebody who wants to be a more astute reader of the... I mean, do you need to know the chronology? Do you need to know the big historical sweep of things mm. to get the Old Testament? And if so, how do you figure that out? I will defer to my Old Testament colleague <laughs> on that one. That's <laughs> fine. I, mean, I think it's a real problem, though, for I people have, who I want to th- be Bible readers. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, you can tell that you can tell that chronological order is a concern uh, for... what uh, just stick with the Christian, what we call the Christian order, in which I actually think preserves a Jewish, pre-Christian Jewish order, but... I think I'm in the minority there. But so you do have roughly a chronological thing from Genesis through the end of 2 Kings. And especially when you compare that with the Jewish order, some of the Jewish writings, especially Ruth, you know, the book of Ruth, you know, is put back in there in its chronological order. And first and second chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah are put in the chronological order roughly, as opposed to the way uh, in 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 the, in the Jewish canon, the first and second chronicles are way separate from Kings. And then within the prophets, roughly chronological, you know that is, um, yeah, Amos comes before Hosea chronologically, but you still um, you've got the big four prophets in chronological order, and then you get the shorter prophetic books in roughly chronological order. So you can tell that that's going on. But I don't. I think that for people with historical consciousness like us, you know, that is history is always a category that we're thinking about. You know, when did this happen? Um, that I don't know any way to read this without at least having some awareness of roughly when this is purporting to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I almost wonder. One of the things that I have done with people, or I've suggested, is to have 
I mean, if you're reading through, just to have a timeline next to you, all you know that that plots the events that are referred to in you know in the different books, but also plots out the prophets so that you can see to what is this prophet. Because of course, in the in the Jewish organ in the Jewish Bible, the Jewish scriptures, the prophets are connected with the histories. And so they are the histories. And so there, there is less of that confusion. I think that's one of the biggest confusing things of a Christian moving through the Old Testament is to, is to get to the prophets and then say, well, what were they talking about? What, I mean, why were they saying these things? What's the context? Right. Where do they fit? Where do I they mean, fit? Where do I put Amos in the rest exactly. of the story? Where does Micah yeah, fit? I, yeah. th- I think, I think with the, you know, with books that are narratives, uh, there's a, the big question, and, and I'd ask for everybody's thoughts on this, which is whether you've got a book like Matthew or a book like uh, Daniel, that the time it's reporting about is clearly different from the time the story is written down. So Daniel is probably the last book of the Old Testament written, maybe as late as 150 BC, but it's telling about a time, you know, hundreds of years earlier. Matthew, the gap's not as bad, but what? Matthew's written like what, maybe 80, 90. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's telling a story earlier as opposed with Paul's letters, which are contemporaneous with when he's writing them. So, how do you think about those two different, keeping those two different times in line? Wow, in terms of the New Testament? Yeah, well, or with any of these narratives. I mean, I think part of it is respecting, you know, the genre of a book. I mean, what kind of book is it? And so, like you said, a letter is necessarily kind of instantaneous or contemporary, contemporary, although there's questions about some of these letters, whether or not they're actually written at a later time projecting back. That's that's a topic for a different podcast. But, you know, to read the gospel stories and remember that these are not eyewitness accounts. They are informed. I mean, there's debates about this. They they certainly have uh, have preserved sayings and reports of eyewitnesses, but they've all been massaged, right? They've been moved around a little bit. And you can tell that because if you read, for example, the trial narratives or the passion narratives of all four, they're all different, substantially different, I would say, but alike enough that we know they're all talking about the same guy and the same events. So to say that this is history being told through the eyes of faith is important to remember, I think. Uh, And to remember different kinds of books, Hebrews is probably more of a sermon than it is a letter or historical writing. So it's a little bit more disconnected from time. So you have to pay attention to that, I think. I think that's where the issue of how the whole canon is organized is helpful, that we operate with this historical consciousness, which is fine and it's helpful to know Paul wrote before the Gospels, but it's also helpful to know that that these books, when they are ordered, they're ordered to tell a certain kind of story, and it's one way of reading the scripture that can be very helpful, but it's not the only way. So on the website, there are written answers to questions, and keep downloading the podcast. Welcome to the table.